This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Hello and welcome to the Girl Fit Method podcast. I'm your host, Natasha Wakefield, and I am here to help you take charge of your health, get empowered, and ultimately become the best version of yourself. Let's go. Hello and welcome back to the Girl Fit Method podcast, guys. So on today's episode, I have the incredible Sarah Roof, who is a client of ours, a Miss Universe contestant. She's currently Miss North Carolina. She shares her story and it is honestly the most incredible conversation between the two of us. I can't wait to dive into it. But first, I did want to let you know about a free resource I have created for you all. So it is the Macro Food Table Swap Guide. Essentially what this is, is it's going to show you what kind of macronutrients are in certain foods and how you can actually build out a balanced meal. Also how you can swap certain foods out, make replacements for certain foods so that you are still tracking towards your macro goals. This has been something I've been working on behind the scenes for a couple of weeks now and I know that it's going to be of such huge benefit to you all and it's completely free. So all you need to do is jump into the show notes. You will see a link there. Pop your details in and I will email the free guide out to you and make sure to check your spam mail because sometimes my emails do land in there. Okay, let's get stuck into today's podcast episode with Sarah. Hello and welcome to the Girl Fit Method podcast. So on today's episode, I have the incredible Miss North Carolina, Miss Sarah. How are you? Welcome. Hey, I'm so excited to join you today. How are you? I am great and I am so excited to have you on the podcast. You have a really incredible story to share and a lot of wisdom to share with people. Um, So a little bit of context, Sarah is a part of the Girl Fit Method family. Um, Her results with us, my goodness, have been really mind-blowing and maybe we'll touch on that towards the end of our conversation. Um, But first of all, I want to kick things off with really everyone getting to know a little bit more about you. So if you want to give us a bit of a summary of like who Sarah was as a young kid and what has led you to the place that you are in now. Of course. So I grew up in a really health conscious, active family. I learned a lot from a very young age about, you know, nutrients and vitamins and minerals. So I, I credit a lot of my kind of budding passion for fitness and wellness to just being in an environment where my parents were really encouraging of learning about those things and picking something you're interested in and, and really taking it and running with it. My dad's an Ironman triathlete. My mom is a group fitness instructor. So it's been a part of my life for a long time. Uh, When it came to moving into college and picking a degree, I decided to go into exercise science. I got my personal training certification. I was just really interested and intrigued by the way that uh, different training methods, different lifestyles around the world, even within my own society, can affect the way that people's bodies function. So that's what led me to a career in the health and fitness industry and, and working in healthcare even now. Um, So that's where the interest in fitness has been for my whole life. Uh, Of course, that's been a journey for me too of learning and growing and, you know, roadblocks along the way. But 
Um, as I aged, what also came into the equation was competing in pageants. So I had danced my whole life and always loved to perform and having had a passion for fitness too, I decided I could combine those things and, and hopefully be a role model to other women by competing and being a title holder. So that's been a part of my life for about 10 years. And that's been so rewarding, you know, now winning Miss North Carolina, and this past summer has been a really exciting way to get my message and, and the impact that I hope to make in my community out there. But I've also been met with a lot of, you know, poor diet decisions, poor exercise decisions, being exposed to a, a pressure cooker of um, different methods to get to that dream body or that ideal body, especially in the beauty industry, especially being in pageants, seeing people yo-yo diet and get desperate and want to chase a certain physique and, and doing things that aren't so healthy to get there. So that's something that I've, you know, been faced with for the entirety of being involved with fitness and also being involved in the pageant industry as well. Yeah. And I'm just thinking both of those industries are very image focused, aren't they? they Fitness and the pageant world. And I suppose, I mean, a lot of us don't really have a really good grasp as to what's involved in the pageant world. I mean, there's like movies like Miss Congeniality. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> it's such a great movie. I love it too, but I'm, I'm sure that's not 100% accurate. And you've got this really incredible opportunity to be super influential to others, you know, mm-hmm. but then I suppose there really is a focus. Um, there really is a focus on the exterior. And, I, you know, we could say that even with working as a fitness trainer or, you know, even me with, with myself, right, I've got this opportunity really? to be able to influence people positively, but there's a massive focus on my appearance. And so I could only imagine the balance and trying to find that balance and going into that industry, you'd really want to make sure that you're comfortable in your own skin. Um, yeah. If not, it would be an absolute nightmare. So what I would love to to know more about is what's your journey looked like within all of that? I've been pretty fortunate as far as growing up with a, a really encouraging environment as far as body image and focusing on what is good for making our bodies a tool for us versus what is good for making us look better. So I feel fortunate that I was kind of raised in that environment because I think that set a really strong foundation for keeping my blinders on. Um, But you can have a really strong foundation, but then see somebody who walks over there, see somebody that you really admire who's doing something and you start to think, you know, maybe I should change something up or maybe I should try something new so I can get those same results. So, you know, most recently there was a situation a couple of years back where I started working with a new trainer who was model focused, pageant focused, really into that kind of a long and lean physique, that toned physique that, you know, science tells us this genetics, but Instagram tells us it's achievable by anyone. Um, and started to work with that trainer and started to learn a little bit more about what that person was encouraging, which was really low calorie intake and uh, body weight, high cardio, hop around like a bunny type of stuff. And, you know, having had an exercise science degree, my gut was like, this isn't right. You know, this doesn't match up with what I learned in physiology. But all of the results and clients told a different story. So I thought, you know, this, this must work. I'll give it a try, you know, looking for something new. You always get a little bit of an itch to try something when you've had a pattern of fitness for a long time and, um, you know, just kind of buying into that. So I think that was a pretty, a big challenge to kind of 
get out of that mindset. You know, when I started working with you all, getting out of the high calorie, high uh, Apple watch recording (laughs) cardio workout and no carbs after three o'clock and don't, gosh, don't eat more than 15, 1600 calories because, you know, that's going to be bad. You're not going to look good. You're not going to look how you want. Um, So that's been a mindset shift, even for someone like me who studied for so long that those things aren't true. What you see around you can be so compelling and so influential. um, And it can it can kind of remove those blinders and cause you to do things that you're just seeking, like you said, a physique versus what's best for your body. Mm. And even yeah, I mean, the focus there is the exterior, but it's almost like it's coming from this place of fear the decisions right. that you're making are not coming from a place of even you you having that knowledge and knowing that what you're being told is not accurate, but you're mm-hmm. second-guessing yourself because essentially someone's trying to really push you into something that might get them results, you know. I think what's really important to understand, and we actually do, you know, within GirlFit Method, we work with a lot of models as well and they work with trainers, and I don't like to be negative, but it really saddens me and unfortunately in our industry there's a lot of this where really it doesn't take a whole heap of brain cells to get someone to drop body fat, right? <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. It's not hard. You go on a diet, you eat less, and if I can get someone to exercise like a maniac, then they're probably going to drop some weight initially. But what we don't look at is how does that implement or how does that affect that person's health, number one, their mental health, and their ability to maintain and sustain those results long term. And that's where these things fall down. And unfortunately, I think when you're bringing somebody in that's very much wanting to get somebody quick results and like someone for you, Sarah, and I'm assuming the girls that you do work with as well, you know, you're, you're leading up to a certain date <clears throat> or right. you know, certain events, <clears throat> there's a lot of a lot of pressure coming up to those times and so sometimes it can be this sense of panic and fear like oh my goodness I need to get to this I need to get to this goal physique in order uh, for right. my chances to win I guess to be improved or to be better and so sometimes that can take, t- take drastic measures instead of doing it the right way and unfortunately um, really profiting off of some people's insecurities and fears um, works <laughs> in the fitness yeah. industry it really does exactly. And you're right. There's that time sensitivity aspect of being, having a goal, whether that's your wedding or your graduation date or a pageant or a fashion show, when you have to meet measurements, that capitalization on fear can become very unhealthy because it causes you to become desperate and go into a fight or flight mode. Um, And that's just not sustainable long-term. And, and even though I was, you know, driving myself crazy, trying to reach, these goals because gosh, give me a goal and I will, I will run towards it. I'm an excellent student. So, you know, even I found that even though I was following a plan to a T, I still didn't have the physique I wanted. And I still didn't have that sense of, I feel good. You know, I was hypoglycemic quite often. I would feel shaky and anxious because my body wasn't being fueled in the way that it needed to be. And I feel really fortunate and glad that through this process with GirlFit Method, I've been able to reverse that. Uh, You know, I haven't had a situation where I've gotten anxious in a meeting or at an event or appearance because I can feel my blood sugar starting to drop. And that alone is such a huge win, separate entirely of physique or muscle tone. Those things do have an impact on your mental well-being. 
um, even if you don't fully realize that those are what are contributing to your well-being. Hundred percent, and I think as females and maybe you know in your industry as well, it's like such a focus on the way that you look. But what we forget to understand is that mentally performing is just as important as well. And, you know, it's so funny, Sarah, I'm currently doing like a little bit of my deficit at the moment. Yeah. And one of the hardest things I have found about this hasn't been eating less food, but it's been cognitively, I just haven't been switched on. Like I think about food a lot and I'm just not as sharp. I don't have the mental energy to just do stuff. I don't have patience with people as much as I want. And I'm hating that. And I think what we as females forget to remember is that life and health is holistic and we want to look at a holistic approach. What's the point in following a diet of essentially starving yourself, under eating, exercising like crazy when you can't even think properly you can't even hold a conversation or concentrate to then be able to achieve what you want to achieve in life it saddens me so much that sometimes people will choose that over actually living a life that they enjoy just because they're chasing this goal weight or or goal body it's terrible Mm -hmm. It is. And we forget that our bodies, our brains need energy to function. We need carbohydrates for our brain to work properly. We need protein so that our amino acid, you know, sequences can be built within our muscles and we need fats and, you know, all of these pieces of the puzzle, as far as eating well for holistic health, it's not just because, you know, we need to hit macros or we want to optimize our workouts. Those, those things are great, but just day to day thinking, moving, operating well, being present, recalling things, remembering well, those things are all, and there's my dog. Those things are all really important too. (laughs) She's always right in the background. Yeah. A hundred percent. I've actually got two questions for you. So my first question is with the knowledge that you have and the education that you had around fitness and around nutrition, what was it that made you second guess yourself to then go and work with this trainer? I'll ask you that question. Then I've got a second follow-up question for you. I think it was two things. It was the results. First of all, you know, seeing that, you know, pictures before and afters people, testimonies of people who had been there before people I knew who had worked with that person before who seemed like they were really pleased with the process. They didn't act as though they were starved or, you know, depleted in any way. And, so I thought, okay, well, it must not be, you know, dangerous necessarily or, or a negative thing. It, it seems pretty healthy, crazy. Um, but also too, the confidence with which this person explained their methods, that is, that means a lot, you know, hearing about the, the whys behind the method, whether they're totally wacky or totally real if you say it confidently, you start to think, you know what, that makes sense. I didn't think about it that way. So it was just enough of a workaround and there was just enough confidence there where I could kind of make up for the part that didn't make sense to me because of that. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It's convincing. Sounds very convincing. I think proof um, is convincing and uh, especially visually. So before and afters, let me like be brutally honest with everyone that listens who doesn't work in our industry before and afters are the one things that will sell anybody a program or Mm -hmm. will sell you to work with a trainer. And it even happens in my business, right? If I put up a before and after, 
I mean, if you think about it, even if I was to go and work with a trainer, it's pretty convincing when I can see that they actually have proof that they can do what they say they can do. But what's really hard to decipher is if you are in a place of vulnerability. So I think if you're uneducated, then even if you are educated, but you're in a position where you're getting a lot of influence and like you said, you know people that's worked with this guy, then it's kind of like, well, okay, well, maybe it does seem legit and you can really then start to, to doubt your own gut feeling, which I think mm-hmm. when you have that gut feeling, you need to follow that. But when there is a lot of pressure around you, when things are time sensitive, like you're saying, and he's got all this proof, then, well, I guess why not give it a try? And the scary thing for me is that you can see all of these physical changes, but what you don't see is the mental aspect of things and the danger and what it's taken for that person to get those before and afters, which is really scary. It is. You don't see that. And and I think it can be so gradual too, even for the person that they may not notice it. They may not notice the deterioration of short-term memory or the, you know, like you said, the emotional sharpness that comes with being in a a state of depletion. Um, Those things can become very gradual and you just don't even pick up on them until you wake up one day and go, you know what, I don't think I'm functioning the way that I should be. Absolutely. And even, I mean, we've, you know, we've worked with uh, models who have worked with trainers and I'm only using this, um, I'm only connecting the two here because the trainer that you work with sounds very similar to some other trainers that I've spoken with who've used, uh, excuse me, clients who've worked with trainers who have a, a, a quite a similar approach when it comes to the toned Lee. And I'm using, for anyone that's not watching on YouTube, you know, <laughs> quotation marks there, toned Lee look, um, is that, they're like, my goodness, like Tash, I never ever really used to think about what I ate and now it's all I think about. And now when I'm starting to think about eating more, eating carbs past 3 p.m., I'm feeling really anxious and fearful of that. Mm-hmm. And it's those things that actually stick with you forever. Like it's it's long-term damage that is done. And you can yeah. work through that, absolutely. But once that's been instilled in your mind and that fear has been instilled in your mind, you actually can't get rid of that. And that's the dangerous part. It is, you know, something else that was said quite often by this particular person per their method um, was don't do squats because your hip measurements are going to go up and you're never going to get a job. And for models, this is their livelihood. Yes, yes. So talk about emotional damage and leaving a print on your brain. Working with Vanessa, even she put squats into my routine and I was like, you know, my head measurements are going to go up, right? She's like, no, they're not. <laughs> what are you talking about? And, and they didn't, they actually went down. And I have almost doubled my intakes and in starting with you all uh, 11 weeks ago. It's pretty crazy. So, that. It is crazy. Let's just talk about that. What's crazier was believing yeah. that doing squats is going to do that to me. Exactly. That was even crazier. <laughs> It is, it is, but you know, there's a point here that I do want to raise, and that is sometimes, especially depending on where your starting place is, that sometimes measurements do go up, right? Sometimes they do go up. And I think women fear so much taking up more space, getting bigger, weighing more. More, more, more is like the worst thing on the planet. And it's all a process. So if I think about my own journey, <clears throat> certain parts of my body measurements have gone up because I've built muscle or I've chosen to eat in a surplus 
Or if you've gotten someone that's come to us and they have been following a method similar to what you were following and they were really under-consuming and over-exercising and they are in a really bad place and maybe they're potentially not holding enough body fat and that's making them unhealthy, then potentially maybe their, their measurements do need to go up or their weight does need to go up. And I think what's really important is to question why that's the worst thing on the planet. You know, why is that so terrible? Why does that reflect that or back on you as what someone that's of lesser value or less attractive when what you were before was a shell of a human, you know, potentially like we've just been talking about, you know, having no mental energy to be able to even think properly and perform well at your work or study or being present with your family and friends. Why? So you can be a certain size or have a certain measurements. Like I think they're really important questions to be thinking about and whether really at the end of the day, is it worth it? I don't know. Yeah, that is a good question. And I guess it depends on who you're asking and what their priorities are. But as far as I'm concerned, you know, mental well-being and physical well-being are paramount. That's what I learned throughout my studies. That's what, you know, now using my title, I've been able to preach that to others as well. You know, peers in the pageant community who have come to me and said, you know, they know I'm a trainer and they'll say, what do you do? I want to do what you do. And I say, what I do is not what you should do, but here are some things you should keep in mind because it's not, the other thing is it's not a one size fits all. So you could eat exactly what I'm eating and do exactly what I'm doing. And and your results may differ because your body composition is different. Your height is different. Your genetics are different. So that's something I've really tried to make sure that I share uh, because I have a platform I've been given and I'm in an industry that is so appearance driven. It's important for me to make sure that I I share positive messages that are wellness driven and not appearance driven. I love that. I love that. That is awesome. It's giving back, isn't it? As you know, mm-hmm. you've kind of been there in that journey for yourself and coming out the other end. And I, I do just want to touch on your whole experience. So with us, so starting when you came to us, do you want to give everyone a bit of an, a rough idea as to what your diet looked like, what your training yeah. looked like and what the situation was? Yeah. So I was not tracking my intake and I was working from home. I still am. And what I find and what you probably find working from home is that sometimes you can look at the clock and realize it's like 2 PM and you haven't eaten anything. So high stress job, very busy. And then top that with probably not eating enough and not even knowing because I wasn't tracking. So when I started tracking for a couple of days to just get a baseline, I realized I was eating like less than 1500, sometimes 1200 calories a day. And I was shocked because I really thought I was snacking constantly eating constantly. I just didn't have an awareness of what I was eating. Um, and for me, when I get stressed, I want to eat even less, I get my stomachs and not. So I don't think that that helped either with the pandemic being the stressful thing that it has been for the last two years. So that's where I started doing a lot of cardio, at least 60 minutes of exercise a day, never lifting anything more than five pounds because that trainer had driven in that. If you do that, you know, you're not going to meet your measurements. You're going to look horrible. So that was kind of where I started, um, with, a little bit of a fear of lifting heavier and having that message being driven in so many times. Uh, I think that was the biggest hurdle to get over, which was you can, you can do this progressive overload thing and it's going to lead to better results, not the opposite. 
Absolutely. Yeah. It's a, it's sometimes it's quite scary when we figure out, and I see this a lot, like with thinking that you're eating somewhat enough and then realizing, and I think a lot of women fall into this category where sometimes it's not even a, a decision they're making. They kind of just think they are and the body adjusts. So, Mm -hmm. You know, initially, maybe if someone tries to go into calorie deficit, they're going to feel hungry all the time. But if you're chronically under eating, your body just adjusts to that and you don't really have those hunger cues to go, hey, it's, you know, 12 p.m. lunchtime, it's time to eat some food. Your body kind of just adjusts and it learns, right? So, um, and that's, you know, no wonder why you weren't really switched on cognitively is that's just not enough food, not enough food whatsoever. And I think then coming from that and feeling comfortable doing that, making a change can feel really scary as well, right? So you've got all of these fears in your mind from what this trainer's told you, especially around training. So how did you find that transition? Because obviously you know what we're about, (laughs) very science driven, right? So our methods in quotation marks again are not (laughs) my own personal TASH methods that I just decided to come up with, but they are a method that is really proven by science and has worked for a lot of girls that we've worked with. So coming in, looking at what you've been consuming and uh, Coach Vanessa assessing that, and really working on increasing your food intake as well as transitioning you over into lifting weights. How did that feel initially? Was it uncomfortable? It was a little bit uncomfortable, but I found a lot of comfort in knowing that I was surrounded by females. Having worked with a male trainer in the past, I felt like you all just got it more yeah. for me. Um, and that you could speak from experience and say, just like, as you have for this entire conversation as females, this is our experience as females, this is our journey, but I want you to give yourself the grace to learn more and, and, and try a change. So I found a lot of comfort in that, you know, walking in the same journey that so many of us have in this group and in this community. So that really helped. And also just putting my blinders on and following the plan. Like I said, I'm a really good student. So if you give me a plan, I will stick to it. And so that's what I tried to place my focus on, which was be a great student to this and give it a full shot because that's the only way that you'll see if it, it'll work or not is if you fully invest and dive in head first, even if you have a couple of moments where you're like, should I really be doing that squat? Or should I really be eating this you know, complex carbohydrate after three o'clock in the afternoon, because apparently that's when they just immediately turn into fat in your body. (laughs) So ridiculous, but just, just kind of blocking out those things and focusing on really becoming invested. That's what helped me move beyond the fears and, and really buy into what I knew all along and what you all share and preach, which is the importance of well-being and and fueling your body and and finding optimal health as a female, uh, in particular for what your goals are. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I love that. And can I just say, Sarah, like you are such a huge inspiration to all of us. You're <laughs> such a light. Like you just you just shine. Like honestly, you just beam. Just such wonderful energy, and you're. As as Ozzy say, you're a bloody hard worker. <laughs> you are. <laughs> I know that. And I love it. So you've gone all in. And I think that's what it takes, right? There is always going to be doubts in our mind and fears in our mind. And if we just continue to allow those to drive our actions, if there's no evidence behind those, 
then where is that leading us? And essentially where that led you was nowhere where you wanted to be, right? So the the position that you were in anyway, doing the method that you were using wasn't getting you the results. And so if you know you need to make a change, you've got to go all in. You just have to. Fear and all, you've just got to go all in. Going from like 1,200, 1,500 calories a day and then a lot of cardio work, what are you doing at the moment? I am now at 2,200 calories and close to 150 grams of protein a day. Uh, sometimes I shock myself and I'm like, I'm, I'm actually hungry now. I can like, listen <laughs> and rely on these cues. They're back. You know, thanks a lot. Shout out to my body for bringing those back. <laughs> um, and I work out depending on how, you know, how quickly I make it through the sets. And if I happen to get a text message between sets around 45 minutes of weights, five days a week, um, I would say all in all significantly less time I'm spending working out, but it's, it feels more efficient. I feel as though my heart rate, my, you know, body signals are telling me that I'm getting more out of the less time spent. Uh, than I was when I was, you know, bouncing around my house with ankle weights on for an hour and a half. Yeah, uh, I've yeah. also always loved walking. As you can see my dog behind me, she uh, gets me out in the neighborhood and we walk quite a bit. So that's always been part of my life and was something that I was really relieved to hear you say like, yeah, we would love for you to walk, get your steps in. That's great for your cardiovascular health. So that, that was a really easy you know, transition, something that I'll always do because I feel really strongly that it's important. Yeah, walking's wonderful. I think we should all be walking, especially outside, getting some vitamin D. I think it's, I don't even think about it as cardio. I just think for mental health benefits, we were made to move and to walk. And I think there's no reason to cut that out really. Um, yeah, it's it's just incredible, isn't it? And then from actually changing such a, it's really been a 180 for you. I mean, getting you up to eating that much more and your training changing that much, your body's actually just, has just lapped it up and has responded Mm -hmm. so incredibly. Um, And we've seen that from a massive transformation. And although that's wonderful, you know, we've seen centimetres drop and you're looking phenomenal. Ultimately, our number one goal is seeing you healthier and seeing you Mm -hmm. happier and then being able to spread the word to others and make continue to make such a positive impact. Yep, absolutely. I think that's so important. You know, we are the legacy that we leave with others. And if I have learned all this and and I've had this journey, it's important for me to share it so that hopefully I can prevent or help someone who is is going through that, maybe even stop it from happening in the first place so that they don't have to have those same challenges that they can focus on, you know, all of those internal markers more than anything of improving your personal health. Amazing. It kind of makes all of the hardship worth it, doesn't it? When you know that you can pass on that knowledge and wisdom to somebody else to prevent them from going through what you've gone through. So I just want to thank you so much, Sarah. You're just such a kind, incredible human. And I want you to tell everybody where they can follow you because I think a lot of people are going to get a lot of benefit from seeing your incredible content and your beautiful face on Instagram. I look at it and I'm like, oh, with your crown. Oh, my goodness. Amazing. So where can we it's find a lot that? of fun. It's a lot of fun. It kind of feels like being a real life Disney princess, you know, oh, so it's a lot of fun. It's, I've had a great time with it. Um, but I am on Instagram, Miss NC for America, uh, Sarah A. Roof. 
with an H and then roof, like raise the roof. Um, so you can follow me there. I have a series called get fit with the crown where I talk about accessible ways to incorporate fitness into your lifestyle, whether you have never walked a step in your life, lifted a weight in your life, or you're looking to find, you know, convenient ways to add in a little something here and there. That's where I like to, to share that message because it is personal to me and something that I think is important to share, especially with women, especially with young women, because that is, you know, the largest percentage of the, of the following that I have on social media. It's a very impressionable following. And I feel like it's my responsibility to, to pass along that. So feel free to give me a follow, send me a message. If you relate to this story, I'd love to chat with you. And um, thank you so much for allowing me to be on this podcast and, and be a part of this community. It's been completely life-changing. Oh, that's my absolute pleasure. And I'm going to make sure I link both of those in the show notes. People can just click straight on that. Now, before you go, I want you to leave one piece of advice for anyone listening out there. What's the most powerful piece of advice you can give to a young female or just any female in general? Something that I think is really important is if you're looking for an answer, if you're looking for a change, if you're looking for a goal, uh, it's not around you, it's within you. The answer, the goal, the solution um, especially in the fitness world, especially in the beauty world, it's so easy to get trapped in, in that external world and what you see around you and what you want to be like. I want to be like that person. I want to look like that person and, and what your answers lie within you, your motivation lies within you. So I would really encourage women, whether it's a career goal or a fitness goal, don't look around you, look within you. What a way to end the podcast. Oh my goodness, I absolutely love that. And Thank world peace, right? And That's my reality yeah. answer. You need to sign off with that. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave a rating, a review, subscribe to the podcast, follow it. If you are on Spotify, it all helps push the message out. And if you have any questions whatsoever, please feel free to send me a DM, send Sarah a DM, make sure to follow her. She's such an inspirational person and is going to do some incredible things and has already done some incredible things. And I just can't wait to continue to watch her journey. So that is all from me. I will be back here next week. Big love, Coach Tash.